Well, good morning, New Hope. That We're glad you're here this morning in person. If you're live streaming with us, we're glad that you're here this morning in the house. Uh, thank you for being here. We are in this new series called We Are New Hope. And so if you've been around for a long time, if you've just been around for the last few months this summer, if you're just around today for the first time, we're going into a series to talk about what is New Hope all about because we want you to know who we are and how God has been using us over the history of New Hope Community Church. Now, every business, every nonprofit, every school, every health organization has a mission statement. Now, one of the really hottest businesses that people want to see come to this town is the pizza ranch, right? Pizza ranch, yeah. Look at that. See, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. A year ago, there was a, a sold sign on a property, and then somebody put this false sign uh, on that sold sign that said, coming soon, pizza ranch. And the, the town went ballistic, right? And uh, the the city administrator had to put a, that picture and an article in the paper saying, it's not true, you know, it's false, it was just a prank, all those kind of things, right? Because people are so excited. Well, I have news, and I've heard on the street, actually, that Pizza Ranch is coming to town, and so we'll be here. So it's on the move. I can't tell you right now where it is. I know where it is, but I can't tell you right now where it is, right? And that, but even... Pizza Ranch, even Pizza Ranch, has a mission statement. It is to give every guest a legendary experience. You probably never thought about like eating pizza like and having this legendary experience, right? But that is their mission statement. Our medical center in town has a mission statement. We serve our communities by providing exceptional care as we prevent illness, restore health, and provide comfort to all who entrust us with their care. Our school district has a mission statement. In partnership with our community, it is to educate, empower, and inspire every student every day to achieve their full potential. Tonight, starting at our Isani campus, over the next two weeks, we will be hosting homeless families. They will be staying downstairs. We have six rooms that we have designated. They have beds. They have dressers, lights, and that kind of stuff. And families will be staying there. We'll be uh, bringing in meals. We'll be caring for them as they seek to find housing, employment, those kind of pieces, their next step. But we partner with New Pathways Homelessness, and they have a mission statement. It is to build a stronger community by providing shelter and support services to families with children experiencing homelessness. And so they specifically service parents with kids. And in our area here, oftentimes people say, oh, we have homelessness? We do have homelessness. And we see it more and more, especially now that it's getting colder. People are coming out and they're showing up here, other places, they're looking for shelter. And so we will be providing that over the next two weeks at our Isani campus. And so all these organizations have a mission statement. And so obviously, New Hope Community Church, your church, 
has a mission statement as well. I want to start off first, though, with our purpose statement. Our purpose statement is this. We exist to love all people, especially the poor, the broken, the captives, and the prisoners. When we look at Jesus' life, this is who he runs after, who he seeks out. Jesus didn't just come to hang out with the beautiful people, right? But he hung out with all the people, and he ran after these individuals. And we as a church want to as well. But that's not enough just to love them. Our mission, as we roll out of bed every morning, our mission is this. We are empowered by God to reach then people for Jesus. We are empowered to reach people for Christ, for Jesus Christ. I want us to read this together. Let's read it together. We are empowered by God to reach people for Christ. Now, this just isn't Pastor Bill's mission, right? Or the staff's mission or our board's mission. This is everybody who calls New Hope home. This is our collectively mission together. This is the goal. Now, every organization believes that their mission will make people's lives better, right? That's why they exist, because they will help make people's lives better. I mean, our medical center, right? They're going to make people's lives better by preventing illness and providing health care for others. Our school district is going to make students' lives and parents' lives by educating children and helping them reach their full potential. New Pathways is helping families' lives be better by providing them shelter until they can get into a permanent home. And Pizza Ranch, man, they are making people's lives better by making legendary pizza and providing it to us, right? And here at New Hope, we desire to make people's lives better, not only just for this life, right, but for the next life by introducing them to Jesus Christ, that is our mission, to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Because we believe Jesus, not us, right, can provide forgiveness of our sin by God, and through that then bring transformation, a change in our lives and theirs. But in order to do that, we are called by God's people, to introduce Jesus to others around us. And in order for us to fulfill the mission that God has given us, to empower us to reach people for Christ, we first of all need to be empowered by God to do it, right? We need to be empowered by God to do it. And how is it we are empowered as individuals? We are empowered, first of all, when we worship him. When we worship him, he then empowers us to go out and reach others. It always, always starts with worshiping him. And to worship God means to be reverent before him, means to adore him, means to be devoted before him, means to humble ourselves under him so that he can empower us. You know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and a while back I was reading 
on how a woman becomes a nun. It's a nine-year process. And the last aspect of the process is when she reaches this point where she does this final professed, where she ultimately gives her full life over to Jesus, commits to never marrying a man, never devoting herself to anybody else but Jesus. And in order to show what she is professing, she needs to come before the mother superior, like the top nun, and she needs to prostrate herself before her as an expression of committing her whole life to Jesus. Now, to prostrate one's self means you lay flat on the floor like this with your face down. You're flat on the floor with your face down. And it's this picture, it's this action of saying, listen, I am going to get as low as I can before God. As humble as I can before God. In reverence, in honor. And when we do that with our lives, then God can empower us. Because here's the challenge. We're prideful people, aren't we? We're prideful people. And if we are so full of ourselves, it's pretty hard for God to fill us, right? And so we need to empty ourselves and so that he can fill us. And believe me, he wants primary ownership. So it's going to have to be at least 51% where we're going to have to humble ourselves, right? In order for him to really be able to work. But this whole picture of, man, we are empowered by him when we worship him, humble ourselves before him and say, God, you have to do this work in me. And so I'm emptying myself so that you then can fill me up. And so for us to reach our mission as the church, we first have to be empowered by him, but we do that by worshiping him, humbling ourselves before him. In Exodus 20, verses 1 through 3, God continually reminds throughout the whole Old Testament the Israelites that he is God and that they need to worship him. He says, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt, the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And throughout the Old Testament, he reminded Israel over and over and over again. Why? Because they were drawn to other gods. They were drawn to themselves as God. Hey, I got this. I can do this, right? And he was constantly calling them back to worship him, to humble themselves before him so that then in them, he could release his power and do his work in their lives and in other people's lives as well. And so for us to be empowered by God, we need to worship him, humble ourselves before him. But secondly, we need to walk with him. We need to walk with him. I love the picture we get, very common scripture. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, hey, I am the vine. You people are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And so as we walk with him, remain in him, he then can empower us, what? To bear much fruit. You know, I got a bag up here and I got a bag of what's all over our lawns, right? What is it? It's leaves. They're all over the lawn, all over me, right? But why are they on the lawn? Because they have disconnected from the tree and they're dead. They're dead. We're raking them up. And they're dead because they've disconnected themselves from what has given them life, the tree. And this is the picture Jesus is trying to give us. That, hey, if you remain in me and I in you, you will be empowered to live life. But apart from me, you're basically dead. You can't produce anything of kingdom value apart from me. And so he's challenging us. And one of the greatest ways for you to stay connected to the vine, because it's so easy for us to drift or wander, is to get into one of the groups Pastor John talked about. We need to do life with others around us, to hold us accountable, to champion us, to learn from us and us from them. And so to get in the group and to walk with God. Because our mission here is to be empowered by God. We live out of his strength, his wisdom, his power. And we do that and we receive that when, first of all, we worship him. We humble ourselves, prostrate ourselves before him because the guy is God. And secondly, by walking with him, remaining in relationship. I've said this all the time, right? What we put ourselves before we become. What we put ourselves before we become. And so as we put ourselves before Jesus Christ on a daily basis, in his word, in prayer, in groups, we become more like him. He empowers us for that. So at New Hope, to accomplish our mission, we have to first of all be empowered by God to do the mission. And we do that by worshiping him and by walking with him. When that takes place then, we can then fulfill the second half of our mission, which is to reach people for Christ. So so what does this mean, reach people for Christ, right? Well, it simply means to invite people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, recognizing that their sin has separated them from their heavenly father, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven, and that we can walk in relationship with him. But the only way for our sins to be forgiven is through what Jesus did on the cross for us to pay for our sins and forgive us our sins and make us right with our God for this life and for eternal life as well. The Bible's very clear on this. In Romans 6.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it goes on then, and it says as well, for the wages of our sin, the payment for our sin is death, meaning eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life forever 
in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so God sent his son to pay for our sin debt so that we could live in him forever. And God wants us to know that we have eternal life. Sometimes people go through life and saying, well, I don't really know. I don't think we should know. I'm not really sure. Well, God doesn't leave us in the dark. The apostle John says in 1 John 5, 11 through 13, he says this, and this is the testimony. This is the story, people. He says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And John says, hey, I'm writing you these things so that you may know that you know that you know that you have eternal life. And so our mission is to be empowered by God to go out and to share Christ with others, to reach people for Christ for others, so that they know that they know that they know they have eternal life. That is the goal. And we, when we are empowered by God, then we can go out then and work for God. It's so interesting. I love the picture we get in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. And so God is saying, hey, listen, I want you to go out and live life and do good deeds and reflect me to other people. Let them see how you live different than the world. And so we are to do good deeds in, I believe, four areas of our life. With our time, we should give our time to others. We should give our talent then to others, some things that we're really good at that could be helpful to bless others. We should give our treasure, whether it's you know financially or some of our stuff that people might need. And then I believe we should give appropriate touch. Man, people need to be physically touched yet in this world, a hand around their shoulder and saying, hey, I'm sorry to hear that news. I am praying for you. I'm behind you and just to that appropriate touch to others around us, and that we can bless them. I'm reading this book right now by Bruce uh, Wilkerson. He wrote the Jabez Prayer years ago, and it's this book called You Were Made for This. And he's talking about the seven keys for life for predictable miracles. Seven keys for your life for predictable miracles. But what he's talking about here is it's not predictable miracles for you. It's to bring a miracle to somebody else on a daily basis. And he's talking about how we prepare our lives in order for God to use us and bring miracles to others. And he shares this one story in the book where he's ready to take this trip. And before the trip, he says, God, on this trip, allow me to impact somebody else's life. I don't know who it is. I don't know when it'll be, where it would be, but allow me to bring this an impact, a miracle to somebody else's life. And he's traveling down the road on this trip, and he sees a guy off the road, broken car, and that, and he has a turban. He's wearing a turban, so obviously maybe, you know, India, Middle Eastern man or whatever, and he decides, hey, I'm going to pull over, see if he needs help. And this man comes 
out, it's like 100 degrees out. And this man comes out, and he's just like, oh, thank you, thank you for stopping. And Bruce is like, what can I do? What's going on? He says, you know what? I've been here for hours and hours and hours. I've called the towing company, but because it's the weekend, they'll only take cash. I have no cash. I have a card, no cash, and that. And he said, I've been standing by my car and that for hours and hours. People have been driving by, yelling obscenities at me, cursing my mother, throwing garbage at me. Why? Because it's a Middle Eastern man wearing a turban. And people don't like them. Typically in America, I'm just saying, we're not nice people. And Bruce is like, man, I am so sorry that you have been treated this way. Come sit in my cool car. And they visit and they talk. And that day earlier, a man gave Bruce some cash. And he happened to have it with him. And he asked the guy, how much is your toll? And it was the amount of the cash sitting there. And so he was able to take care of this guy. And this guy was like, man, you must have been sent by God. If there is a God, you must have been sent by God. And so Bruce in this book is saying, listen, I had the privilege of being used not to have the miracle come in my life, although, man, I experienced but to bring a miracle to this guy's life. And he says, this is what God wants to do in our lives. Man, he wants to work in our lives. He has this list of good deeds set up for us. And we just need to pray it in and saying, God, I am available today. I'm not going to just have my blinders on today that it's all about me, but help me see peripherally of how you want me to bring a miracle to somebody else around me who's not expecting it, but needs it, right? We see in Matthew 5.16 where God says, hey, let people see your good deeds because then they will praise your Father in heaven. Live differently than the world. Because then people will be like, what's that all about? Because when we are empowered by God through worship and through walking with him, we can then naturally live out our work for God, these good deeds. And when we do that then, we then lastly have this opportunity to witness for God, to tell people about Jesus. Like Bruce was able to tell this man about, hey, that's not about me. It's about what God has done and set this up. Because I just prayed earlier today that I'd have an opportunity like this. Acts 1.8 says this, very clear. But you will receive power, right? Be empowered with the Holy Spirit when it comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, hey, start where you live. Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Start where you live, right? Your neighborhood. And then your work or your school, and then your community, and then your county, and then beyond. I mean, your neighborhood is your Jerusalem, right? But in the mission that God has placed before New Hope Community Church, right, that we are empowered by God to reach people for Christ. Why? Because He is the one that forgives sins, He is the one that brings the transformation. It's not us, but He has involved us. And he empowers us to do this. When we come and we worship him, we walk with him. And when we're there, right? 
then what flows out of us are the works of God and the witness for God. And what flows out of that is people's lives in our county are transformed. Their sin is forgiven, their lives are transformed, and it's a new day and a new eternal life for them. And that is why New Hope Community Church exists. That is why the church of Jesus Christ exists, to bring people into relationship with our Heavenly Father. And to give a picture of this, I want to share with you a life story video by Jeremy Blue, him sharing his story. Let's watch. Life before Jesus for me was a little crazy. It was, uh, I come from a family of five kids, single mother, and she did the best she could, but um, there was some turmoil there. There was um, some uh, abusive men came and go. My dad was a full-blown alcoholic. Well, he's in recovery now. He just got out of treatment, but he's been an alcoholic for ever, my whole life. He's, there's not really too much to say. He um, just was never really there. He was just alcoholic, you know, couldn't put the bottle down. My uh, little brother and sister's dad, God rest his soul, he passed away. He had a problem with uh, meth and uh, alcohol addiction. And he had major alcohol or anger issues. And he would fly into rages. And uh, it's very traumatic sometimes. There were times we had, my mom brought us to battered women's shelters in the middle of the night to get away from him. It took everything I had not to go down that path. And then growing up, a bunch of my friends went to a bunch of different churches. Like on Sundays, I would spend at my, the night at one of my friend's house. The rule was, is if you stayed the night on Sunday night, you're going to church. That was just the rule. No ifs, ands, or buts, you're going to church. And uh, so church was around, you know. I knew who Jesus was. It was more along the lines of like, I'm fine by myself. I'm doing it. It's working. I don't need Jesus right now. I'll, it was more along the line I'd said is I'll get there eventually. You know, he's there. I don't need him right now. But uh, fast forward to my 20s, it was just get out of high school and work. And faith wasn't really my top priority. It was more young kid stuff, party get into trouble, you know, just something had to change. I was lacking faith and my life became chaotic to the point where my wife had become pregnant and we had found out that there were some problems. My daughter had a problem with her intestine and my wife had to be inducted, induced early. She had, it was super strenuous. She had to have like sometimes two ultrasounds a week and it was super chaotic. Got to the point where the day we were gonna be induced, my wife had a anxiety attack. I was in there, I was doing everything I could to calm her down, it just wasn't working. And then the nurse came in and said, hey, let's just go for a walk. And uh, as soon as she left the room, I dropped to my knees and prayed right then and there. And I said, Lord, if you will 
just take her anxiety away and just make tomorrow and the rest of the night go well. I will do whatever your will is. Anything you want, I will do. I and, and then she came walking back in and the next day we were blessed. It was the perfect, perfect birth. My wife's anxiety was gone. It was completely gone. She was calm. It was, um, labor went perfect. She was perfectly healthy and her bowel problem, her intestine issue is completely gone. There was nothing wrong with her. She was completely fine. After that happened and I gave my life over to Christ, I found it's changed me. I'm more, I feel happier. I feel like almost like a relief of knowing that Jesus has got my back. Jesus is, is my savior and my Lord. And I personally think that everybody should have a relationship with him. It changes your life. It makes you happier. It makes you calm. It, uh, if you have anxiety or anger issues or stress or any of that stuff, it's, you can turn all that stuff to him. There's no other relationship like it in the world. And I think everybody should have one. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I think, praise Jesus, I'm glad that I am where I am today.